Oyster World Radio, episode 14. Welcome to Oyster World. Radio. This episode is brought to you by Audible. For the Oyster World Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. With over 180,000 audiobooks, you'll be sure to find the travel gems that get your adventure off on the right foot. Head to the show description to claim your free book, or check out what the Oysters are listening to in the Meet the Crew section of OysterYourWorld.com. Guten Tag, meine Oysters. We have another great show for you today. For episode 14, we have my personal friend and fellow podcaster, Matt McLeod, on the show. Today, we go over a lot about Australian backpacking. Matt is an expert in Australian backpacking. He has his own podcast, Australian Backpacking Podcast, and we go over lots and lots of information about what backpacking is, what backpacking is in Australia, what you need, what you need to be ready for, hostels, the network in Australia, everything you need to know. Australia is a fantastic place. The network there is set, the circuits are in place, and Australia backpacking is a one-of-a-kind experience, and this is the guy to talk to if you want to go do it. So, if you want to learn more, please leave us feedback or ask us questions at OysterYourWorld.com in the Talk to an Oyster section, or contact Matt, and his information will be at the end of the show. So I can't wait to get this going. I won't hold you guys up any further, and without further ado, here is Matt McLeod on Australian Backpacking. Well, welcome back, Oysters, for another episode of Oyster World Radio. We have Matt McLeod here on the line today. So, Matt, introduce yourself and say hi to all the people out there. Yeah, g'day, Nathan. G'day, Oysters. How are you guys? So, my name's Matt. Um, I run the Odds Backpacking Podcast, well, also the Odds Backpacking Platform. And my inspiration started about 12 months ago, where I've worked in the backpacking industry for about seven years, which I'm sure Nathan will get into later. And my whole inspiration is to get people traveling to Australia and see Australia. But not only that, is to save them time, money, and effort, I guess, to discover this beautiful country that I call home and just show them the, the easiest ways to get about and to save money. And that's why I'm really excited about this episode, because this is something that we really haven't dived in, divin. Divin, I can't even speak already. <laughs> this is it. We're already going down the wrong track. You haven't had enough yeah. coffee, have you, Nate? <laughs> I, I've already not been able to speak English on my own podcast. But <laughs> we, we're going to dive into this whole new world of backpacking because we've kind of touched a lot of backpacking in the ways of going into a city and meeting people and living out of your backpack this way. But this is a whole different realm going into. Uh, the down under into the wilderness and thriving in that environment as well, which we also want to cover in this podcast. But before all of that, I really wanted to just kind of <laughs> talk about how we met. Uh, Matt is a pretty good friend of mine. We met about a year ago and we're yeah. both podcasters. But I got to say, talking to you is one of the hardest things to do because <laughs> right now it's 9 p.m. my time and 11 a.m. your time. Correct. This is some of the things that you never think about when starting a podcast or I guess for all the oysters out there that want to travel, remember that they're 11 hours ahead, right? 11 hours ahead. Yeah. I, I actually haven't calculated. And I, you know what? I still give up. I just message you and say, hey, mate, you're awake. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, it's probably a 50-50 shot if I am or not, depending on the day. So exactly. Eh, that's worked out pretty well here and there. Okay, so we're going to dive right into backpacking. So you have been in this space for seven years now. Exactly. So, And from our conversations earlier, you were more in, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you were helping a hostel or um, helping with housing in the current job before you started off onto your own venture. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. So... I'm, I'm originally a mechanical engineer like yourself, and um, yeah, there's a lot of engineering on this show. So <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? It's amazing that's how that comes the in. Subtitle for the podcast: <laughs> <laughs> Oyster World with yeah, not sure how that would work, but anyway, uh, 
Yeah, so I decided that I was going to go back to uni and to study uh, management and business management. And my part-time job that I picked up was one day a week in a hostel. So for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, Nate, but hostels are simply budget accommodation in Australia where the average hostel will sleep, say, 100 people, um, usually four to eight to a room. And rather than paying $100 a night, you're going to be paying about $30 a night, depending on where you are, depending on the time of year. And it's just a great, great way to meet people. So I started off on the reception desk and within about two weeks, I was managing that hostel in beautiful Coffs Harbour where I live now. And three and a half years later, I decided to leave there and I went and managed a hostel in a town called Yamba, which if you guys come to Australia, you just have to go to. It's like... 10 beaches, 14 surf breaks. If you ever want to experience anything about the water in Australia, you've got to go to Yamba. It's absolutely amazing. So, Where is that in Australia? Okay, Because so I know about Sydney. Yep. And that's about it. I know. So, this is the thing I forget. Like, I mean, I struggle with states in America, and I just assume that you guys have <laughs> where things are in Australia. But where I currently am in Coffs Harbour, that's about six hours north of Sydney, and Yamba's an additional two hours. So... A lot of people know Sydney, a lot of people know Byron Bay, which is, say, you know, nine hours north of Sydney. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we're somewhere in the middle. And and so I end up working at the Yamba YHA, or the Yamba Backpackers, for about another three and a half years. And it was about 18 months ago that I came up with the idea of doing my own thing, doing my own podcast, my own website, and trying to inspire people to, to travel. Right, so these these hostels, so it's a big discount, but they actually separate them to rooms that are pretty small, Correct. So like four to six. Yep. Are these? So is it like a big network of hostels? I know there's a there's a pretty big network in the U.S. and then you hear about the networks in Europe, but is it kind of the same thing in Australia? Because you don't really hear about all the big cities in Australia besides Sydney. Exactly. Sydney, I can't even, I still can't talk. But <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's about five main chains in Australia. There's and you don't have to remember this guys, but there is the YHA, there's Base Backpackers, uh, there's Nomads, and so Base and Nomads are sort of um, joint. They're still separate companies. Uh, however, Nomads bought out base is that right or base bought out nomads i can't think at the minute and um then you've got vip backpackers and you've also got a new one called hostels australia which has about 20 hostel chains around australia the the advantage of i guess sticking to a chain is that a lot of them will give discounts so for example hostels australia you get three dollars a night off same with yha um they've all got some sort of membership card some of them are for free some of them cost you know, twenty dollars, and you you really just sort of got to look at the benefits. And I always recommend to people that you know most backpackers or most travellers uh, come here for at least a year. All the Europeans and Canadians, they're all coming here for two years. But you know, if you're going to be here for a year travelling around Australia, then it's usually worth getting that that membership because you're going to save that in the long run. Um, the thing is, what a lot of the Europeans do is they come here for a year, and in that first year that they're here, they've got to do 88 days of farm work. So, working somewhere, oh. yeah, working somewhere Good. rural, whether it be on a farm. There are other jobs, like there's some construction jobs that they can do as long as they're in certain areas of Australia. But they do that 88 days of work, and the employer's got to sign them off. They submit that to the government and say, hey, we want to stay for another year. The government says, cool, you've contributed something to Australia, so we're going to let you stay here for another year. Like that That's usually paid work. In fact, it, it is now compulsory to be paid work. And um, so it's, it's another way of earning money to let people stay here for longer, I guess. But the hostels themselves, as I say, to give you an example, in Yamba, it's a three-storey hostel. On the base level, we've got a cafe, bar, that sort of thing. On the second level, you've got 20 rooms, and those rooms are made up from private rooms, so your average hotel-type room with, you know, shower, bathroom, things like that. And then you've got what we call shared dorms. So they have bunk beds. Sometimes they can be two bunk beds, six bunk beds, whatever the case may be. 
and you share the room with that many people. You could have male, female, mixed, and usually at the end of the hallways, you've got shared bathrooms. So the, the rooms that you're actually staying in, you are staying with lots of other people. And it, it's a bit of a lottery, but it makes traveling so much fun. And it is a great way to meet people. Like the conversation, you walk in the hostel, you're like, oh, crap, I know no one here. You walk into the room, all of a sudden you've got three or four new friends. And um, you're usually grabbing a drink, heading out to buy the pool, because most of these hostels have pools. Heading out by the pool, having a drink, meeting someone from somewhere totally different in the world to you. And that's fascinating. Is there, is there a big price difference, too, between the different options? Or Usually, as the room numbers go up, there's about a 2 or $3 price difference. So, for example, uh, in, in sort of your average um, non-winter, so let, let's say non-peak season, you would be looking at, say, somewhere between 28 to $32 a night in, say, a uh, six-bed six dorm. So, in other words, six people sleeping with you. If you were to go into a larger size dorm, which not many hostels have larger size dorms than that, but it can happen, or into smaller size dorms, so you might only be sleeping four to a room, or you might be sleeping in a girl-only room, something like that, then you're probably adding about $2 per night. So, you know, it could be, instead of $30, it could be $32 for a four-bed dorm, or it could be $28 for a, for a you know, six-bed dorm, so things like that. Gotcha. And so there's this big network of all these hostels in Australia that scatter all about. So is this, would you say that this is really the place to backpack? Because I know a lot of Americans go to like Central and South America. Yeah. But Australia is um, really amazing to stay for two years in Australia. Yeah. But... I'm thinking of actually opening up a dating service where really <laughs> where Americans can come, marry off, and then stay here for as long as they want. <laughs> but uh, uh, but in, in all is, is this like a, a marriage Tinder app for us? To you know, really? well, it could be a new Oz backpacking app. It could be like swipe left if you're not interested in staying in Australia for more than a year. Swipe right if you are. <laughs> so that'd be hard. But the only problem with that is you get one that's it like oh, swipe left and then kind of done <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny I only found out about swipe left swipe right last week so you know people didn't believe me that I'd never used Tinder and I was like you never used Tinder? never used Tinder I was like how do you use this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Tinder is also a common theme on this podcast. We had another Tinder reference again. <laughs> There's something you want to tell us. Never about. used Tinder. Well, maybe those are details. But <laughs> maybe you should drop your, uh, you know, your strong points, Nathan. Maybe you'll get a date out of this episode. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so let's let's get back on topic. Yeah. Here. So getting back to your question, Australia is definitely the place to backpack. I mean. Europe does it pretty well. Um, South America is definitely getting better. I, I think Australia has really nailed it when it comes to it. Like, there's pretty much, no matter where you go around Australia, there is some sort of budget-style accommodation. So as long as you don't mind sharing a kitchen, sharing a bathroom, you know, and a lot of these places are a pretty high standard now. Like, there's still the odd hostel like I, I won't mention any names but there is a hostel down in south australia that gets bad review after bad review bad and it's it's a great location but they just haven't put any money into the hostel but generally speaking hostels are just amazing and not only can you meet people um you, you've also got the benefit of you know the cheap accommodation you've you've got a fridge you've got you know cooking utilities so everything's there, and as I say, a lot of these places now have pools, a lot of them have bars, so it's like a one-stop shop. You pay $30 a night, for example, and you can go hang out in the bar, you can go swim in the pool, you can, yeah, a lot of these hostels are in prime locations, um, you know, a lot of them are near beaches, a lot of them are near pubs and clubs, so you're right where you want to be to whether it be to party, sightsee, relax, whatever the case may be usually in prime real estate. And that's, I, I know for myself, that's definitely the most important thing. So, okay. 
So we have this framework, right? So there's a lot of things going on in Australia, and it's it's going to be awesome. Exactly. So excited. <laughs> so if you guys, if any of you listeners have been following me at on Twitter at Nathan Twitter or at Nathan Twitter at Nathan Oyster, and following this guy, which is just at Aus Backpacking, right? Correct. So, so make sure that right. Yeah, A U S Backpacking. So we had a little bit of back and forth where I made the bold claim that within the next five years, I'm going to <laughs> Australia and I'm going to be backpacking with this guy and his crew. So my next question for you is, where are we going? Where are we going? A lot of people start in Sydney, which I think is really cool. And the East Coast is your... It, it's a road that is well-traveled by backpackers, but it is a must-do. So you start in Sydney and you work your way north. Now, I will never forget, I think it was probably my first few weeks of being in a hostel. I actually had an American come in and I said, oh, dude, where are you, where are you off to? He's like, I'm on my way up to Cairns, which is it's about 1,600 kilometers from where I am. And um, or converting to miles, what's that about? I don't know, 800 miles, something like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm off to Cairns tomorrow. And I said, you know, you do know where Cairns is, right? That's the thing, like, Australia is so huge. So you've, you've got to be prepared that, you know, sometimes when you hit the road, you can be travelling for hours and hours and hours and really get to nowhere. So if we start in Sydney... The, the main thing is there is, I've never actually done the count, Nate, but I reckon there has to be, you know, 20 destinations between Sydney and Brisbane that you can stop at. So we'd probably leave Sydney and we'd hit Newcastle. Newcastle is a beautiful spot. It's got some great beaches. A lot of people go past it. And um, from Newcastle, you can go to places like the Hunter Valley, which is famous for all our wineries and has some of the best wines in the world. So <laughs> we should probably go do some taste testing. And um, Oh, I am always for wine tasting. Yeah, well, I will, last time I was I there, I found there. this winery called McWiggins, and guys, it is the best wine you've ever tasted. And the cheese... What was it called again? It's called McWiggins, so it's M-C-G-U-I-G-G-A-N-S. It's, it's a bit of a mouthful, but they have the best wine I've ever tasted. And next door, they've got this cheese uh, factory, so basically, you go into the cheese factory. No, you sorry, you go into the winery first. You choose your wine, then you go into the cheese factory, and they basically tailor a cheese platter to whatever wine you've bought, and it is just amazing. You've never seen so much cheese in all your life. Oh man, that sounds absolutely fantastic. So from- I can see myself right there, <laughs> right now. I'm there. I know, and it's great, you know. Like, and there's so many different options to backpacking. You can. You can hire a camper van and you can make your way around. You can buy a camper van, which can be risky, but, you know, it means you can do absolutely anything you want on no particular time frame. The most common way is we've got um, a couple of bus services. There's the Premier Motor Service, but the most common one is the Greyhound. And so you buy basically an East Coast Pass, which gets you between Sydney and Cairns, which is 2,500 kilometres. And, um, yeah, you just hop on. It's called a hop-on, hop-off pass. So you hop on wherever you want, hop off wherever you want, and you just got to sort of book your point to point whenever you're ready to go. After you leave Newcastle, you'd probably go to Port Stephens, which has got great sandboarding. It's got whale watching. It's got some really cool stuff in there. And obviously, I'm going to miss out some destinations here. So I was going to say, you, don't worry about that. It seems like my whole trip's going to be planned oh. on this podcast in real time. This is awesome. <laughs> we, you know what? Not only is it going to be planned where we're going, we're going to plan what we're going to do. Uh, but yeah, then we're going to head to. Uh, you know what? It depends. I think I'm going to have to drive you, Nathan, because there's a few spots up the coast that I want to stop off at that the Greyhound doesn't stop. So there's this beautiful place called Southwest Rocks, and. You know, words never do places justice. All I can say is Google the, the term Southwest Rocks and you'll be like, we're going there. <laughs> uh, just beautiful beaches and um, pristine pristine area, which is not overrun by tourists. You've got uh, Port Macquarie, which is if, if you ever want to hold a koala bear, that's the place to go. Uh, in Port, uh, Port Macquarie, they've got a 
a koala hospital where they they do koala rehabilitation and that's really cool to see then obviously and by the way if i'm talking too much wow. Nathan, okay. make sure you stop me <laughs> well i'm just soaking it all in right now i'm actually i actually just googled southwest rocks yeah right and the water is so blue ah. i wish you guys can see this please go google this please because do. it's i i've been to like the bahamas once and that water was super clear but this even from the picture i can see the bottom there's some rocks that are sitting out in the ocean yeah and you can just flat out see the bottom of these things. Yeah, it's spectacular. Absolutely stunning. And there's some great diving down there too, guys. Like around this mid-north coast area where I live, so from, say, southwest rocks um, up to Coffs Harbour and then up to sort of maybe not as far as Byron Bay, although Byron Bay still does have it, is some great scuba diving areas. And the reason because of that is you basically get the cold Arctic waters meeting... The, the warm tropical waters. So, for example, if you went scuba oh, diving down in... Interesting. Yeah, if you went diving down in Melbourne, you'd only have the tropical... Ah, sorry, subtropical fish. Whereas if you dive up in Cairns, you've got the, the tropical fish. If you dive somewhere on the mid-north coast here, it's pretty much smack bang in the middle where the waters meet. And so you've got... Like, if you go diving off the Solitude Islands where I live, you've got... Not only you've got the... The sharks, which are awesome to see, you've got both tropical and subtropical fish, and it's just a hive of activity. It's absolutely amazing. There is so much to do, and this is something that <laughs> you I mean, when, saving when I think, <laughs> <laughs> well, when I when I think, and I'm I'm sure I'm not alone. When I think of Australia, you think of Sydney, and then you think of just a barren wasteland of kangaroos, and that's about it. Sure. So there's just the more that I dive in, the more I talk to you. It this does seem like the backpacking place, especially if you want that nature and adventure style that you just can't get in the big cities in Europe. And so you know what, we've only just gone six hours up the coast, not even. So we're not only six hours up the coast. <laughs> Good thing I have a year. I know, like this, this place. I, I know I'm biased. I know I've lived here all my life, but. You're right. Like, if I wanted to see history and things like that, I'll definitely be heading to Europe. If I wanted to see, you know, um, some amazing cultures, I'd be heading to South America. But I believe that Australia just has it all. And the funny thing is, is that especially, and why I was so excited to be on your podcast and why I think we even connected so well when we first connected, like, because we've been friends, you say, for about a year now. And it's, it's the fact that, when I first started in the backpacking scene, and I still have this problem, a lot of Americans go, oh, yeah, backpacking, I love to hike as well. And it's like, no, it's not no. hiking. <laughs> <laughs> because it's, um, it's funny, like, Canadians understand the term, Europeans understand the term. And unfortunately, I don't know why, because, you know, I've, I've even, people that have said that to me, I go, when I say what it is, they go, oh, yeah, I've got a hostel in my town. And it's like, so what do you call it? And they're like, we call it backpacking. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. So, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I've seen more Americans this year come through than I have in the last seven years, which has been absolutely amazing. And um, I know, I know your audience is not just Americans, so it's all around the world. But you know, I'm I'm trying to sell it to the Americans because the Europeans already do it so well. Like we get over, I think last year we had over six hundred and fifty thousand backpackers through Australia. Which, wow, yeah, fantastic. It's a big number. And, you know, considering a lot of them stay here for more than a year, that's just a huge number of people in Australia traveling. And, you know, I, I think, you know, I'll, I'll never do it justice, but I don't know if you've ever seen those videos that uh, Prince EA puts out all about. Oh, I actually contacted him. I wanted to try to get him on the podcast. So, uh, Prince EA, if you're listening, Come join the show. You should definitely come talk to you. on the show. But <laughs> we'll get back back on the show to come talk to you. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> but you know, I just love the way that guy does the music, does the does the video. You know, like it's definitely a production, but his words are so true. And oh yeah, like I, I think you know, I love the fact that people go to school, go to college, settle down, yeah, get a get a good job have a family that that's all great. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but there is so many, there's so much pressure in today's society to do that. 
And a lot of people don't know what they want to do or know what they want to be. And, you know, or they just don't want to do that. And I think I could tell you hundreds of stories, Nate, where people have come to Australia, spent two years traveling, and it's just completely like I've watched people stay in the hostel for, you know, six months, come in as shy, insecure, um, you know, just not happy, you know, depressed, and they leave. It's like a they leave a butterfly. They leave confident. They leave, you know, because they've had to learn independence. They've had to actually. They've got that much time on their hands. They actually got to think about what they want out of life and what's important in life. And by the time they leave, you know, they've learned so much more than a university could ever teach them. And some of them do go back to home and go to university, and some of them don't. But that I can guarantee, travel and backpacking in particular just opens people's eyes and minds like you wouldn't believe. It's so weird because all of the other regions of the world seem to have got this down. I think it is because America is so isolated. We, we have Canada and Mexico. Yep. And the, the States, it doesn't feel like it's a different country, even though there is so much to do in America. It's huge. Oh, it's but there is... You're absolutely right. It's for me personally, it's like an itch. Like I really don't like thrive in <laughs> the environment where like I'm pressured to settle down and get a job. And so I'm like, it, it's like an itch I can't scratch. It's just, it's like a calling that I have to have and go travel. And I know there's a lot of people out there like me. And that's why I'm so glad that I have people like you on the show that just continue to prove that look at all these people that have come through. Yeah, and see the positive influence that they had on their lives. It's truly remarkable. Exactly, but and I mean, especially just... in Australia, if we could go scuba diving and some crazy beaches, that would be. <laughs> yeah, I could trade in my nine for nine to five for that. Definitely, be pretty good. Definitely, and look, you know, I've I've never been so broken all my life, but I've never been happier in all my life, and. Y- it's just amazing sharing the world with people and meeting new people every day. It's just the best thing ever. And I love it. And yeah, that's why I do what I do. And that's why, yeah, I was excited to come on your podcast, which thank you so much for having me. Um, but yeah, it's just amazing to share my passion and, you know, see people travel and discover such a beautiful country. I mean, talking about scuba diving, you've also got the great barrier reef, which I'm sure all of you have heard about. And, yeah, you do have to go scuba diving up there and you do have to go snorkeling up there. It is really cool. But get over here soon because, yeah, unfortunately, parts of the reef are dying. And, um, yeah, whether that be global change, whether it be pollution, I don't know what's causing it. But you do need to get over here. It's one of the most amazing things you'll ever see. Absolutely. All right, so I got two more questions from you from that last statement that I wanted to highlight really quick. One of them being, you mentioned, and I know that we talked about this before, but... You're the brokest that you've ever been in your life. <laughs> but I really wanted to... I, but I'm I know still single. I'm me, still but single. I'm going to a good place. I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to a good place, I swear. But <laughs> So you're the brokest that you've been in, in your entire life. But I know it, it's even really hard for me because I do value some possession. I try to be as minimalistic as possible. Yeah. But, you know, like there's a couple things here and there that I like to get. But it, I've never... I've never seen just people so happy with just having the minimalist lifestyle in this travel community. And like, can you explain a little bit more about just like that transition? Cause you were an engineer, so yeah. probably you were making some good money and then you decided to join <clears throat> and team up with this hostel and help manage it and then, and then go off on your own. <laughs> and it seems like you have not even thought of going back, like not even never a chance of hell that you're going to go back. So <laughs> what, like, what is the biggest, I guess, what's the biggest difference? Like, why, why are you so happy with nothing? Yeah, <laughs> that, that's a good question. You know, it's not the easiest question to answer either. However, it's, I think what it comes down to is for me, you're right. I was earning good money and, you know, I had a house and I had pretty much everything I want. I wasn't, I wasn't rich but I was comfortable and I I just decided like it's a stupid stupid story but 
I had a big screen TV in the bedroom, big screen TV in the lounge room. The guy next to me at work went and bought a new big screen TV. I'm like, oh, I'm so envious of that one. I need to buy it. I went and bought it, stuck it in the hallway in my house. Two weeks later, I stubbed my toe on it. And I just <laughs> went, what on earth am I doing? Like, you know, I was happy so far as I had possessions. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't living, you know. I was, I guess I was in society's mould of what happiness should be. And, you know, I was comfortable, but I wasn't happy. So for me, happiness is helping people. I've always loved helping people, and that's why I started Odds Backpacking. Is And, man, you would know that, you know, this, I'm on to my third website now. The first one got hacked. The second one, you know, I was just learning. Which is a crazy it. story that we'll probably get to later. But. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, I, I think travel – it, it opens up your eyes to how lucky we are to be alive. And I think that is probably the key point is that sometimes we take what we've got for granted or, you know, we, we look at what's around us, which are amazing things like family and, yeah, a secure house and things like that. And we go like, we've made it. But you sort of step foot outside the world, outside even your town, and you just see how much else there is to discover in this world and you know whether it be beaches and mountains and you know beautiful trails and um yeah adventures jumping out of a plane like yeah there is so much of that sort of stuff to do but it's it's just about also getting outside your comfort zone i think once you are outside your comfort zone i think that's where you discover the real you and then, you know, if in a year's time you want to go back to what you were doing, there's nothing wrong with that. But stepping out and discovering who you actually are, I think that's what makes you happy. And, you know, it took me a year to discover who I was. And I could go back to money quite comfortably now. And I, I'm sure at some point I will. But for, for the moment, helping people, inspiring people, um, yeah, the whole reason I started Oz Backpacking was because there was elements of the backpacking community that all became all about money, you know. And it is an industry, so people do have to make money to, for the industry to survive. But I think, for me, I just try and tailor trips to people's needs and to what they want. So they go home and they go, wow, that was amazing. Like, every single person I know has to do that trip. Um yeah, and just be inspiring. That is so well said. That that is so well said because I know. I, I guess that's what I'm searching for. Yep. Is, and it's really scary. To, <laughs> I, I it is. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. It's really scary because like, I have an engineering job that I worked for hard in school and uh, giving that. Uh, it seems like I'm giving that up, but I'm I'm not, and I have to keep telling myself. And I'm sure a lot of the other oysters listening kind of run into this, like kind of run to this brick wall of. Like, am I gonna die? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I don't have money, or like exactly, like, and it, it it takes conversations like this to keep talking and be like, no, it, you're gonna be fine. Exactly. In fact, you're going to be better. You're going to be better than you currently are. And yeah, very well said. Yeah, and the girl, I, there... the girl I had on my podcast the other week, she she didn't actually want to leave home. I think she said she was twenty and she was quite comfortable. And her parents like, no, you've got to go travel, <laughs> and um. You know, really? Yeah, and she went and travelled overseas for about three years, came back, and they're like, oh, are you going to settle down now? And she's like, no. <laughs> she um, she actually lives in her hatchback, which is quite small, and so far I think she's been travelling for about 12 months around Australia, so she started up the East Coast, now she's down in Tasmania, like right down the bottom. And, um, you know, she washes dishes, she she does all sorts of things, just so she can stay on the road. And she said to me, yeah, I'll probably very soon go back home. But it just gives her such a great feeling to, you know, she said, yeah, from time to time you do wonder where your next meal is going to come from sort of thing. Not quite that bad, but she said the experiences and the people you meet and everything just falls into place and it just opens your eyes to the way the world can be. 
I feel like I'm going to knock down the five years to three after this podcast <laughs> and look it out there as soon as possible. It, it, it's crazy. I, I feel like everything you're saying is definitely resonating with me and the fact that I like the itch is getting bigger. Well, you know bigger what? And bigger, the more people I talk to. Australians are very generous. So if you were to land here and you literally had nowhere to sleep, someone's always going to give you a couch. Someone's always going to give you a meal. So, you know, not that it's going to get to that extreme, but the thing is, you, yeah, if you, if you, if you even have, I was just trying to think of the video that Prince EA put out um, yesterday or whenever it was, and he was like, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of want to go to Australia. I kind of want to be on the Olympic team. I kind of, you know, want to do this. By the way, Prince Ia, another another shout out to you. <laughs> Come on my podcast. Come on. Sorry. Yeah, but you'll but you'll always be a kinder person. You know, you will never tr- truly achieve your dreams. Whereas, you know, you do. You you have to just go. You know what? I love my job. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna not go back to it. But this is what I need to do. And in three months' time. Like, well, today I'm going to book my ticket to Australia. In three months' time, I'm going to leave my, my job and I'm going to go traveling. And worst case scenario, I've got to return a ticket home, you know. And um, I can come back to a job. might not be the current job, but I can come back to a job. I can come back to family. Yeah, the world's not going to blow up just because you go traveling. <laughs> Was there ever a step that you had to take? I'm sure. I'm sure you had definitely. Where it was well. well look, for me, like... for me, the decision was kind of made for me without getting too personal. But I, I was in a relationship that ended, and you know, I, I could have made the choice to to fight for all my money, and legally, I, I I would have probably got it. But I decided that happiness was more important, and it was kind of funny. It was I'd already been working at the hostel for a couple of weeks when that all happened. And I just saw the amazing, you know, it's not the fact that people were carefree and, you know, having a good time. It was, it was the fact that people were discovering how to be happy without possessions, without, without a plan sometimes, you know, and they were discovering themselves and you could, you could see the change happening in people right in front of your face and for me, I, I sort of went, you know what? It was only a couple of weeks ago that I stumped my toe on this silly TV that I didn't need. You know, it cost me $3,000. I don't, I don't think I need money to be happy. And I was 100% correct. Um, and so, I, you know, I walked away from what I had. And I've never looked back. You know, you know when you put it down on paper, it's like, wow, you walked away from how much money? But I have never... Honestly, Nathan, it's it's the best thing I could have ever done. So, you know, for me, you know, yes, if I had to walk away from a secure job and things like that, it is scary. But I don't think – I always say to people and people tell me day after day, it's – yeah, they, I've had people where they've, they've got here, they've decided it's not really for them. And they've gone back home, but 99.999% of people arrive, whether it be here or anywhere else in the world, traveling, and it just changes their life forever. And you know, uh, that just hit me right in my core. <laughs> well, I mean, I've I've still got friends that I met seven years ago, and they are friends, and you know, we talk weekly, and it's you can still see the change in their life from backpacking. Yeah, so. Hey guys, get get your butts over here. Come traveling. If you need any advice, I'm always here to offer free advice. You know, I, you know, Nathan, I do sell travel, but my whole passion is to help people. So I will just help anyone wherever I can, however I can. So oysters, come with me. <laughs> come join me in Australia. Definitely. It was over a freaking blast. And we'll be out with this guy. Okay, but speaking of advice, I did want to dig in a little bit more about preparing for this trip. And man, I, right now I am like so energized. I'm like ready to go and yeah, <laughs> like and, go scuba diving right guys, now. We, we, you know what, Nate? Before we finish this podcast, I know we're probably 
stretching this out too long, but I've got to tell some crazy oh, we got stories. Time. Oh, we got some time. Good, good. We got some time for some crazy stories, good. that's for sure. Sorry, go right ahead with what you're saying. <laughs> so, before we get to the crazy stories, I did want to hash out a little bit about what I need to do to before I go. Like, what would be really beneficial to start doing before I go on backpacking, I guess, nature-wise, more than so, like, a European tour? So, like, what gear would I need that's different? Would I need to get my scuba diving license? Could I get it there? What's more, what's easier to do? Look, So, stuff like that. Yep, definitely. So, I I think, well, I'll cover the scuba diving because you brought that up last but we have what we call a paddy license which is recognized all around the world so i'm sure you can get it in the states or wherever you want to get it uh there are some there are some good deals out here so you know for for a three-day course where you do four dives uh things like that it's it's around the 400 to 450 dollar mark which is not cheap um but you do get to do some great dives and experience the world. A lot of people will go to Thailand first and do their dive courses over there. It is a little bit risky, <laughs> you know. Australia's big on safety. <laughs> Australia's big on safety, so okay. But I, I think the best thing is about Australia is there's not a lot of preparation to do. the The thing I think is don't overpack. Don't overthink what you what you're doing. Um, a lot of people will never get past halfway in their backpack. Like they'll bring these monster backpacks. And you think about it: if whether you're staying in a hostel for yeah a day or a week, the chance that you're going to unpack that backpack and get to that shirt that you really want to wear right down the bottom of the backpack is never going to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, my advice to you is: there's a lot of great backpacks that open up like suitcases now. So I'd be looking for something like that or even bring a suitcase. You know, you don't have to have a backpack to backpack. <laughs> you're not, you're not hiking through the mountains. You, Interesting. You, you yeah. know, you're, you're on a bus or you're in a hostel. So a, you can bring a suitcase and a lot of people do bring suitcases. And I, I personally, if I ever, yeah, went for a long time backpacking, I would take a suitcase. I would make sure it's a sturdy suitcase, but I'll take a suitcase. And then, gotcha. <laughs> and then you know, just I think just plan how much money you want to do, uh, how much you want to spend, how much you want to bring. And like I know so many people that they'll they'll work three jobs for a whole year to save up enough money. And yeah, there are pages on our website that will help you plan roughly how much money you need to bring. Yeah, that you you're probably allowing. And this is being over conservative. You probably want to allow fifty dollars a day when you're traveling, or fifty to fifty-five dollars a day when you're traveling Australia. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you can do it cheaper, and you can do it more expensive, and it depends on how many tours you want to take. So, you know, you have tours that are quite cheap. So, if you want to say go from Sydney up to the Blue Mountains, which is absolutely amazing, like if you, it's it's part of the Great Dividing Range, so. Probably not for you guys, but for us, it's a mountain range. And uh, there's some amazing rock formations. There's great uh, day walks. There's waterfalls. There's all sorts of things. And so a trip up to there, you know, where you get to learn the indigenous cultures and things like that, that might cost you about $100. Uh, And then you've got tours out to places like Fraser Island, which is the largest sand island in the world. So that's up in Queensland. And... You know, for a three-day tour out to Fraser Island, as I say, it's a hundred. I think it's hundred and twenty-seven kilometers long. This island, it's absolutely. Oh wow! Yeah, it is amazing. It is the best experience I've ever had in my whole life. So, one thing I'm actually trying to do after hearing about the indigenous culture up there is I'm trying to get people to call it by the indigenous name, which is Gari, which is spelled K-G-A-R-I. Um, Can you say that one more time? Yeah, it's called Gari, so K-G-A-R-I. And the the whole reason behind that, and I'm hoping to do a podcast on it very soon, is Fraser Island is named after the the English captain that discovered, well, in inverted commas, discovered the island. There was already Indigenous folk, like, tribes living on there. And long story short, 
his wife came back and slaughtered a lot of the indigenous folk and actually oh. walked 88 of them uh, to their death off a cliff. So it's like, and like that's actual history. So to for the indigenous folk up there, for it to be called Fraser Island is quite insulting. So that's why I try and keep saying the word Gari, Gari, Gari. <laughs> yeah, make sure, yeah, you got to respect the culture. Holy, that's insanity. It is. How do you keep the name of an island when you killed all the people that are there? But I know, but a lot I of guess. people don't know that. So, and look, there's some crazy times to be had on Fraser Island as well. So, but I don't know where we're going with that question. Well, so we were, that's definitely going to be on the list, right? Of places oh, that we're going to go. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. But so is there, so basically we, a suitcase is all you need. I guess that's something that I never really realized is if you go backpacking, you don't really need a backpack. You can have whatever you want to store your stuff. You're not hiking around in the mountains and getting lost. No, so, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't get over. You don't need to brush up on how to make a fire <laughs> at night or build a tree tent. Yeah. No, Good to know. You're right. Don't, you don't need to watch the whole series of Bear Grylls, you know. <laughs> but I was kind of excited to do that. Although you, you, can, weird way. you can watch an idiot abroad. I love that show. <laughs> Ooh, there you go. It's got nothing, That's a good one. It's got nothing to do with Australia, but you know. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, really all you need is a jumper or a jacket if you get really, really cold. And uh, So is a jumper a jumper is a jacket? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So like a gotcha. thin a thin jacket. Like it unless you're in the middle of winter here, which is like June, July, August, it doesn't really get that cold. It might get to you guys talking Fahrenheit, yeah? So, yeah, we're still talking Fahrenheit. I don't know what it is in Fahrenheit, sorry, but you know, it might get to zero degrees overnight. Um, okay, so like thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit, which is still the weirdest number for freezing point, but <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> Will you guys just get with the system, please? Oh, uh, believe as an engineer, I I ranted to Omar about this already. It kills me <laughs> <laughs> that we're still on the English system. Yeah. But, but, so is that kind of like the necessity? So what are what would be your necessities? So light jacket, maybe some like really well made shoes. Yeah, you've got to have a good, comfortable pair of walking shoes and a pair of thongs. Although you call them flip flops, right? Yeah, yeah, flip flops, sandals. You call them thongs. We call them thongs. <laughs> and guys, I was gonna say, Matt, I don't know what your necessities really are. <laughs> uh, you could have thongs. You could. That's fine. You could. If you want to see a a really funny skit about thongs. Look up a guy called Carl Barron. He's an Australian comedian. And he was at the Montreal, I think it was the 2004 Montreal Comedy Festival. And he was talking about how this conversation that he had about flip-flops and thongs. <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> and the, he's like, the guy said, look, when she bends over, you can see a thong. <laughs> like down through a pants sort of thing. It's just the funniest ever. <laughs> Go and check it out. I, I don't do it justice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely gonna have to check that out for sure. But a pair, a pair <laughs> of I can see a lot of confusion going on with uh, the conversation. It is the funniest thing. He's like, and also, know, if you want to see Matt in thongs, come to Australia with us. <laughs> I'll be coming in the next five years. <laughs> I don't have a pink thong, but um, I could go get, ah! get some. You know, like. But yeah, what was I gonna say? <laughs> I, that was the wrong image. That was a terrible <laughs> image. Hang on, oh. hang on. I've got a photo here. I'll just send it through to you. It's, it's I'll me. put it on the show notes, everyone. Well, once we actually do get show notes, that'll be the first page. Cool. How's that sound, Matt? Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so really you just need a pair of good shoes, like so runners, whatever you want to call them, a uh, pair of flip-flops. And, you know, realistically, you probably need maybe a week's supply of shirts and, and shorts, you know what I mean? Um, all the hostels have washing facilities. They've all got laundries you can use or... Just do what I do and, you know, wear it once, turn it inside out, wear it again. <laughs> I don't actually. Heck yeah. No, I'm Absolutely. <laughs> I've actually been kind of diving into, when I was getting ready, like tech fabric. Yep. It, like the stuff that doesn't wrinkle and I can just kind of throw it in and it doesn't like sweat through for weeks. That, that stuff is really cool. Wow. So for you guys listening out there, if you guys don't want regular shirts, I just wear this stuff to work because I'm really lazy with laundry. So I just wear these things for like two weeks straight and they don't smell. It's the best thing ever. 
<laughs> okay, well, thanks, Matt. This has been awesome. I've learned a lot personally. So, But we have a couple things left before you go. One is those crazy stories that you were talking about, and we'll get to those right before closing out with a couple rapid-fire questions. So cool. you mentioned before you're saving some crazy stories for us. Definitely. you got to explain. you got to explain. Well, oh, where do I even start? I'll tell you what. What you see in seven years would just amaze you. So... Um, probably one of the funniest, you know, well, it's not going to come across as funny, but if you, if you picture it, there's, there's a lot of, always a lot of drunken incidences. So whereas, (laughs) you know, one night there was, I was managing this hostel up in Yamba and this guy went to bed, like we actually put him to bed. He was so drunk. It wasn't funny. He just crashed out. A few hours later, everyone else went to bed. And then all of a sudden there was a knock on one of the uh, bedroom doors and it was this guy. And no one still knows whether he rode a skateboard, whether he fell out the second story window, but his arm, he'd broken both bones in his arm clean in half. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, he had no idea. Oh, man. Um, so that's where insurance comes in important. You've got to have proper insurance. And it's surprising that backpackers don't. <laughs> that is a perfect segue. Yeah. If you just happen to wake up in the middle of the night and your <laughs> entire arm is broken in half. But yeah. um, one, of, one of the backpackers' favorite things to do is drink goon. Have you heard of goon? No, I haven't. What's goon? It's basically boxed wine. Really, really cheap boxed wine. So, Oh, we definitely have some cheap boxed wine here for sure. Yeah, I like it called goon. That's... Yeah, we call exactly what I turn into when I drink this stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, pretty much the same here. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's just crazy. It's like $10, $10 for four liters of this stuff. And they've actually outlawed it in a few towns like Byron. You're not allowed to um, buy it in there anymore because it just got too crazy. But, um, yeah, what was I thinking? I, there, was, there was another instance where a, a guy come down and basically he had almost chopped, well, he need, needed about 10 stitches in his foot. And I, I said to the girl, I said, what did he do? And she's like, oh, he cut it on the fan. And I'm trying to picture in my head. The fan? Yeah, exactly. Long story short, he was doing a handstand to impress one of the other girls in the room <laughs> and cut it on the roof fan. Because like, this guy was like six foot seven. And his foot went straight into the metal blades of the fan. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, but so those aren't really those aren't really funny. Those are kind of terrifying. I know, I know. But that it just kind of plays back. There's a an episode that we had earlier. If you guys want to tune into that one with Dan, he talked about the dangers of getting really drunk and not being with people that you can trust. <laughs> so don't get really drunk with people that you don't trust, or you might chop your foot off in a fan. Yeah, they they do that play like a pretty. They do play lots of drinking games here. Like, we play beer pong, which I'm sure we got from you guys. Yeah, and we do lots of crazy stuff. Uh, game on, by the way. Yeah, you I reckon? Oh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll show you how the games are actually played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's too many... I'm already talking like. trash, so I'm not even there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but when you do, you have to come back on this podcast and let everyone know that I beat you. Oh! Okay, you're on. <laughs> If if I win, you have to come back. Well, we'll do it on both of our podcasts. We'll have to announce who won. I might I might have to come to the states and you know be the first, first <laughs> make a big deal out of it on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're on. You're on. This is happening live. I was not expecting to get into a heated battle with Matt, but <laughs> if that's what it's going to come down to, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, but guys, <laughs> like seriously, it. You know what? I probably don't portray it enough, but Australia is so much fun. Um, it's it's always hard when you're on a podcast. Even me having you know so many podcasts under my belt, I still get nervous. Australia is fun, fun, fun. The main thing is you know budgeting um, and don't do your research. Like I know it sounds really boring, Nathan, but do your research, talk to someone you trust about what it is you want to do, where you want to go, work out roughly how much money you're going to, you know, do you want to do skydives? Do you want to do scuba diving? Do you want to do Fraser Island? Do you want to do the Whit Sunday? Is there, you know, or do you want to do Ayers Rock? I don't know if you guys have heard of Ayers Rock, Uluru. Gotcha. Yeah, or you could let Oyster Rule do that for you. Well, exactly. So, I, 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 I'd throw in a little pitch for that. Just a little bit, a little, little pitch. <laughs> 
But uh... well, you know what? Like, and that's the thing. That's why we're such good friends now. Is like because I love, and I'm just saying this because I'm on your podcast. I love what you do. I love your passion, and from day one, I've loved your honesty and sincerity. So, hey, guys, definitely talk to Nathan about planning your trip. And if he has any questions, he can always call me, and I'll help him out. No problems whatsoever. Matt, that means a lot to me, man. I appreciate it. Because we have been kind of the travel dynamic duo and all in the podcasting world. Yeah. For sure. And we're definitely here to stay. We have a lot of stuff that we want to share with you guys, including Omar and Dan rocking it, setting up trips right now. So keep in touch with us. was Was it that you were telling me about the one in Japan, the bike tour through Japan? Um, that one is actually going to be in Northern Europe. Oh, Northern Europe. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So he's just, he is just came to us and basically said, I want to do a bike tour, but I have no idea how to do it. And we're able to set up, we found a couple groups for him to join that are at his skill level, match the terrain with what he his skill level is and he's just going to have an absolute blast and we are so excited for him to go on that trip uh, i was so excited for him to go on that trip (laughs) i know like i wanted to that's the hardest part you probably run this too i want to go on all the trips too i'm gonna go on the trips with these guys yeah and i was i was so blown away by like what you were able to actually research and achieve and you know like for for someone like me if i wanted to go to europe doing exactly the same thing I wouldn't have known where to start. So to have that service that you guys provide is, I think, amazing. And if I ever go I really to Europe on a bike that, ride, yeah. I'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be like once we go on Australia, we might just keep going. Why not? Why not? Let's see what happens. Well, I had a guy on the podcast a few months ago. He actually entered the round the world race, and uh, he cycled all the way from I think it was England, right around the world. Part of his trip was through Australia. He ended up winning the round the world cycle race. No so, kidding. Yeah. So you could have planned his trip, to... see? <laughs> I could have planned his trip. And maybe we'll have him on the show too because that sounds fantastic. But okay, before getting too deep into the rabbit hole, Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome and really, really helpful, especially as I plan my backpacking trip to Australia. But I have a couple questions for you to end our session here. Um, rapid fire, you can go on obviously as long as you want, but... Just a little bit more information for our oysters out there. So, one, if you could choose one travel book or a travel resource, yeah, when you first are starting out and you really need to get exposed to something, what would it be? Oh, such a hard question. You know, I'm actually reading a book at the minute. It's not a travel resource. It's it's a called it's a book called Don't Ah Sorry Do Talk to Strangers. Until I think about that, and it's it's written by woman by the name of Kerry Phipps and she's just like the way she goes into you know putting yourself out there because uh, that's that's one of the biggest things is traveling alone is actually being brave enough to put yourself out there and in, meet and introduce yourself to people so I think although it's not a travel resource as such you know something like that to inspire you to get out there and put yourself out there not be not be afraid to talk to people. I love it. And if you guys want a free audiobook, go to audible.com slash oysterworld and pick up your free book. Hopefully it'll be on there. Yeah. I know I'm gonna definitely check that one out. Another little plug. Just had to kind of throw that in there. But... <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> and and yeah, like I I know her books on Amazon. I'm not sure if it's on Audible, but I'll I'll reach out to her and I'll tell her that it should be on Audible. So hopefully by the time this podcast goes live, it might be there. Awesome. So definitely checking out all your oysters out there. So number two said, if you could go back to your first trip, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, yet again, uh, it is about not being afraid to talk to people. Um, it may not be the money one that you wanted me to relate it to, but at the end of the day, the the people that have the most fun and get the most out of their adventure, whether it be a day trip, a week trip, or a year-long trip, are those people that are willing to talk and learn and interact and socialize. If, you know, just because you travel into a hostel around Australia doesn't mean that 
you have to necessarily interact. And I see people from time to time that literally keep to themselves and they're, yeah, it, they just don't have that big experience. So for me, I was a bit shy. I was like, I was a person that I'd go into the, the area by the pool and I'd look for a table where there was no one else to sit at. Now, when I do the same thing, when I walk into a hostel, I look for the table with the most people. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, yeah, my advice, get amongst it, guys, and have a great time. Absolutely. Man, I cannot wait to get out there, especially with all the people that you can meet from all over the world. Yeah. Doing the same thing that you're doing. Exactly. Way too cool. And they all, they all want to, you know, they're all thinking the same thing. They're all, last time I went to the Gold Coast, which was a few weeks ago, I walked up to this table, yeah, five guys, unfortunately no girls, but <laughs> but, five, <laughs> but five guys. I'm like, hey guys, and they and they'd all literally met each other probably 15 minutes before. Half an hour later, we're in a karaoke bar, having drinks, singing karaoke. It was the best night ever. <laughs> so it's just random stuff like that that happens on your trips. Oh man, just the spontaneity. I. I'm starting to crave it, and it sounds so wonderful. Well, you know, then on the way home from karaoke, and it, this is illegal, so don't do it, guys, but, <laughs> but as long as you're quiet, you can do it, uh, is on the way home, we were walking along the beach, waves crashing in, we're just like, this is so perfect. So we found some driftwood, started a fire, one of the guys raced back to the hostel, got his guitar, four o'clock in the morning, we're still around this campfire, singing, having a few more drinks, yeah, on on the Gold Coast. Like, absolutely amazing. Couldn't want anything better. Oh, man. So go to Australia. Go to, go to Australia. <laughs> okay, so last question. If you could ask anything from the Oysters and all the listeners out there, like one call to action. Yeah. Besides going to Australia, because I think we covered that pretty well, what would it be? I would love you to reach out and say hello. I, there's nothing more, even if you're not coming to Australia, just reach out, let's connect. Uh, my handle across all platforms is Oz Backpacking, so A-U-S Backpacking, uh, whether it be Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, I also use Periscope, Nath, I'm not sure if you use that yet, but it's a live streaming app. So, yeah, but the, the other day I was up at Emerald Beach, which is about 15 minutes north of where I am. There was probably a herd of about 30 to 40 kangaroos just hopping around me, feeding, grazing, and I'm standing overlooking the sunset over this beautiful beach called Emerald Beach, surrounded by 30, 40 kangaroos and people from all around the world jumping on Periscope, saying hi and reaching out to me, taking screenshots. That's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, my Instagram's really growing. It's almost 7,000 people, and it's just going crazy how many messages I get on there. But I guess Snapchat, Instagram, or Periscope, they're my three favorite platforms at the minute, so reach out and say hi. Right, and everyone, please do. Uh, of course, hopefully you're not going to get like 200,000 <laughs> hits off this, but uh, definitely reach out to this guy. He's top-notch. He knows exactly what he's doing in Australia. If you want to or not, just reach out to him, a wealth of travel experience at your fingertips. And I know he's a very valued friend of mine and we will definitely keep in touch. Definitely, and Nath, you're, you're an amazing guy and guys, guys, I know I'm on the, your podcast, Nathan, but seriously, like before you had even released this podcast, like, you know, we, we sort of connected on a personal level and you're just one of the most genuine guys ever. And, I wish you all the best. Oh, this. Matt, you're killing me. Oh, I know. Just sit, there, sit there and be humble and accept it, dude, because you're awesome. And, <laughs> you know, anyone that follows you will definitely connect with me because we've we're both got the passion. We've both got the passion to help people and travel, and it's awesome. So definitely. I love it. So you heard it here first. Australian backpacking is on the rise. America <laughs> needs a bigger presence for sure, and we would love to see you out there. And I love Americans, so come say hi, because I, I need to find places where I can stay when I come to the States. <laughs> I knew there was a motive behind that. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Of course, you're welcome to the States anytime. Matt, thank you once again. A lot of information that I digest in this episode. All very helpful. Thanks for coming on the show, and we will talk to you soon.
No problem. Thanks very much, Nate. Thanks, Oysters. Travel isn't for comfort. It's for fresh perspectives. And if this episode resonated with you, travel might be your calling. That's why we created Oyster World Education, a personalized service for getting you prepared to go abroad with the tips, tricks, and methods of seasoned travelers. We're turning you into an expert. We know you're dreaming of far-off places. And because dreams aren't much more without some initiative, we're stepping in to get you off the ground, safely and authentically, the Oyster way. No matter where you are in the process of booking a trip, Oyster World has the hand to help, from teaching you how to book an international flight to matching your personality to an ideal culture. The Oysters at heart at work crafting the tools and strategies you need to be an expert. In short, we're doing all the dirty work for you. Go to OysterYourWorld.com to receive your free introduction to oyster education. That's OysterYourWorld.com. And under Talk to an Oyster, enter your name, contact information, and a brief message, and that's it. One of us will be right with you. And don't put this off because you must always remember that the adventure is completely worth it. All right, let's have a little fun. It's time for the hot seat. Now, if you don't remember, the hot seat is now a staple of our meet needs held in Columbus, Ohio. During each of the meetups, we pick random people, usually the newbies, and ask them a wide variety of questions from the culture that we are currently dining at. You never quite know what's coming, but I guarantee that you'll learn something new. And for those who dare to try, they earn the coveted hot seat badge when their question gets chosen for the podcast, the ultimate badge of honor. For more information, check out our meetup page on meetup.com or the Oyster World Facebook page. Join the meetup group or give us a like on Facebook to keep up to date. Oh, and Chan takes some pretty amazing photos too, so keep an eye out for those. And all of that is just a long-winded way to say, I hope you enjoy the next edition of The Hot Seat. Name so everybody knows what your answer is. I'm Kelsey. <laughs> Perfect. So, Kelsey, the question is, what are the three things every bowl of ramen has? Broth and noodles and some miso in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're really close because it's the really basic question, but it's really just like ramen, so the noodles, broth, and toppings. It can be anything. So, really, it's just the base and then the noodles. So, you, yeah, I'd say there's like a 90%. I'll yeah. take a 90 Yeah, but then part two, what is the most important part of the soup itself? The broth. Yeah. The broth. Why? Because it holds the flavor and the punch and the all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because she just ate it, so it makes lots of sense. Kelsey knows it's all about that broth. Thank you again for coming out to the Japanese Ramen Meat Neat. We're so glad to have all of you, and congratulations, because you are the winner of this episode's Hot Seat. And now, a little bit more on the ramen. Yeah, so uh, I was reading about it, and I'm sure that the owner has a better explanation, but it sometimes takes them 60 hours to get the broth right, which is nuts to me. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. Without all of you, it wouldn't be possible. Stay up to date with everything we are doing at OysterYourWorld.com, my Twitter, at Nathan Oyster, our Facebook page, and our Meetup page. Also, check the show description for all relevant links and drop us a line in the Talk to an Oyster section of our website for any feedback. All is welcome. You guys are awesome. And I can't wait until next time, but until then, always remember that the adventure is completely worth it.